and welcome to Evaluand, a podcast about the land of evaluation between you and me, your host, Dana Linnell Wanzer. This is the show where we interview people about any and all things evaluation related. So on this episode of Evaluland, I welcome folks from Eval Youth in the Eastern Europe, Central Asia, and South Caucasus. This is the fourth episode in a series of podcast episodes with evaluators around the world to learn more about what evaluation looks like in their regions. So this episode, I am joined by Tamara and Dana. So both of you, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thank you for having us. Thank you, Dana. Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm very excited to get to know both of you better, your regions better, the work that you're doing better. And to start off, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your background, uh, who you are, where you're currently working or studying, and your background experience doing evaluation. So Donna, do you want to start us off? Uh, sure. I'm actually doing my master's studies in sociology right now. Uh, and most of my um, experience comes from monitoring of several projects for IOM, the International Organization for Migration. Uh, and I'm with Evalius ECA since 2019. Thank you. Tamara? Uh, my name is Tamara. I'm uh, in the field of monitoring and evaluation from uh, 2017. I have experience in a variety of USAID-funded projects, and uh, currently I'm involved in the CEDA-funded project in UNFPA regarding gender equality. Uh, I also uh, started my um, journey with Evolus ECA from 2018 when uh, I attended summer school in Moldova. And from that time, I uh, joined the task force too on regional mentoring program on evaluation. Wonderful. Thank you both for coming and thank you for introducing yourselves. I'd like to start off with how I've been starting uh, all the other podcast episodes in this little series with thinking about how we define evaluation. How do you define evaluation and what does it mean to do evaluation in your region? Mm, so if I have to start, uh, I will... Um go from my research experience and I actually tend to uh, see evaluation as a bigger study project but which is also a, a little bit more target oriented and maybe you can even say applied since it's you're always uh, evaluating a specific project uh, and even the questions you ask will be related to this exact project, not the, driven by you as a researcher, as you would do normally in other types of studies. Yeah, I would also uh, add that uh, from my perception evaluation, uh, may use research and monitoring data uh, for anal analysis of uh, project or program implementation. And the um, audit concept is more spread in our region. And uh, sometimes evaluation is mistakenly perceived as a audit, but uh, the latter is more used for control that something is going as it should go. And evaluation gives uh, more answers to the question, what the program efficient, uh, to what extent the program reached the outputs or outcomes. So evaluation is more broad uh, concept. Wonderful, thank you. 
you know, you started touching upon it in terms of the the auditing and evaluation have different different end goals, different purposes. So I I hope you could speak a little bit more about what are the purposes and goals of evaluation. What are the types of questions that you're asking in evaluation projects? Yeah, so the different objective, uh, objectives of the evaluation give uh, rise to a range of different roles for evaluation consultant. So we may see a many formative midterm evaluations. Uh, its results can be used to improve the program or influence the course of its implementation. Uh, or it could uh, be final summarizing evaluation uh, based on its uh, results. Lessons can be learned for the future or some other uh, projects can use it, but it's no longer possible to change anything in the project. Uh, so um, also the evaluation of program design. And uh, sometimes we can see evaluations of uh, the spheres like uh, public health or agri agriculture uh, for some programs that are just going to appear on the market. Yeah, and uh, uh, we can uh, see uh, that uh, in uh, Central Asia, there are sometimes evaluations uh, uh, by government agencies, like in Kazakhstan or Kyrg Kyrgyzstan. Uh, like uh, this year, uh, we know that in Kyrgyzstan, uh, there are many evaluations uh, coming or going on on environmental uh, topics, uh, as uh, this is relevant topic as in this winter, uh, they had um, some problem with the air in Bishkek. Uh, and uh, the evaluation of uh, higher education uh, is carrying on uh, for um, first time in Kyrgyzstan that our colleague uh, Jenishku took part in, yeah. So I noticed that Tamara uh, touched audit and evaluation topic, and it's actually something which corresponds to my experience very much, because so far I was mostly engaged in formative evaluation, uh, and this way you would mostly be focusing on if the project is going the way you intended. Uh, but at this stage, it's a little bit hard to track the exact value we're looking for or for some uh, further outcome, um, even sometimes unexpected. So maybe that could be one of the reasons um, they sometimes uh, mix these two concepts, uh, at least in our region. Um, also, that's something which is more common in our region. And what we noticed is that regional professionals in general would be more engaged uh, specifically in monitoring, but we might have a little bit of more development needed in terms of educating specifically evaluation professionals. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking with that. We have we have a little you know topic of that later on the on our list of topics. I'm very excited to talk about like what what does education look like in your region and and your institutional capacities and so on. You brought up values and how that's one of the key things that you know evaluators do that monitoring professionals that auditing professionals don't do. What what does the valuing process look like for you? I mean, if I think of value of the project, I would most probably think of the result, but also of the level of achieving that result. And if you think of auditing, uh, for example, you would have a specific standard, which you either reach or not. And 
value in evaluation, I think, is something more because you can get unexpected outcomes, which would definitely be valued in your project. You can have a value in the longer term. Uh, you can also uh, see the value of your even small or local project in the bigger contest. So that's how we see it. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious. I, one thing that I think makes evaluators evaluators is our, our ethical guidelines that, that help us, you know, ensure that we're doing good practice. So uh, what are your professional evaluator ethics in your region? Yeah, uh, starting to answer this question, I would uh, also, uh, I need to tell that evaluation is quite um, innovative sphere in our region. Uh, even it appeared uh, in the late 90s, uh, there are still uh, not many, uh, like a small amount of professionals who are working as evaluators as a consultant or full-time specialist. So uh, it's uh, still um, developing uh, sphere and uh, to do evaluation, there is still uh, the growing interest in evaluation, like uh, more international companies uh, that are working in the region, they make external evaluation a requirement or recommendation. So uh, to make evaluation, they um, usually involve uh, our external specialists from uh, international environment uh, or local specialists. And uh, usually the ethics uh, that evaluator use are, um, I would say that it's uh, more like common sense ethics that uh, evaluator could not judge, it could uh, not have any conflict of interest and uh, but uh, there are still in our region, I would say that there are still gaps in ethics because there is no ethical code specifically for evaluators. Uh, so uh, there is no commission who could uh, like um, say whether it was uh, okay or not okay to use in the evaluation report. Uh, so there are quite um, some challenges. But also what I have noticed when we did a small research on ethics from our side is that it is definitely targeted by a regional voluntary professional organization. So it's something they seem to be lacking as well. Um, but like uh, it's been on their agenda since 2018, uh, but so far it's not formalized. So in the meantime, what ethical guidelines or framework are you using to guide your practice? Yeah, um, I would say that um, the, from what I know, uh, we usually need what to do when we uh, make evaluation to respect uh, uh, people who are involved in the evaluation, uh, to be open to ideas, not to be prejudiced, um, to uh, make the security for all the um, participants of the evaluation. Uh, also, uh, to adapt date, uh, to adapt evaluation to our region, uh, to uh, provide the competency of evaluation, and uh, to also what is uh, very important to uh, orient uh, to use the practical evaluation results. 
want to go back to something you brought up, uh, like the people who are involved in the evaluation. So what are who are the types of stakeholders being involved in the evaluations you work in? And how are they involved in your evaluation process? Yeah, um, usually uh, when uh, uh, evaluation is going on, uh, the consultant uh, is meeting with uh, beneficiaries of the program, uh, also with like stakeholders could be uh, the donors who are ordering evaluation, the program specialists or program managing managers, uh, or uh, it could be broader audience uh, that uh, tackling uh, also another project in this sphere. I also uh, was uh, reading uh, the approach uh, of uh, personality-oriented uh, evaluation that. Um, when planning it, uh, you need to understand the needs of or of particular person or group of people, uh, and uh, it's uh, a bit different from traditional approach uh, that recommends uh, identify the target audience of the evaluation. Uh, so uh, we need to think of who will use the results of this evaluation. Uh, it's uh, usually people, but not organizations in its broader perception. So uh, when there is a person or group of people who are actively involved and uh, interested in this evaluation, uh, the likelihood of usage uh, these results will uh, increase. That's also, from my perspective, a little bit related to the ethics questions, uh, because uh, the projects we evaluate are usually a little bit sensitive. So first thing we uh, pay attention to in this project is data protection. And from experience from some of my colleagues, that's actually very important. And if you do not tar target it specifically, that could cause uh, lots of the problems, or, although I'm sure that's a basic requirement for any research. So I'm curious then, um, we've touched on it a little bit. How do, how do people get into the career of evaluation in your region? Um, so from, from my side, if I think of entering any profession, first of all, you will need to get an information that field is actually, um, serving as a profession there's a certain network of people already doing that so you get um, interested at least um, and here we get to the question of motivation uh, especially for young people who uh, would like to join uh, let's say a similar field but are not sure how they would be able to apply their skills uh, in our region, uh, again, as Tamara said, this field is not very much developed, including uh, institutionally. Uh, so if you think of getting an evaluation uh, major, you most probably won't be able to do that. Uh, what we identified, most of the universities only offer evaluation or monitoring and evaluation courses, uh, or even small blocks within courses. Uh, as part of masters of project management or public administration. But for young people, that's not enough to get engaged. 
Definitely, because they want to get a degree, they would know they will be able to apply in certain field, uh, and then uh, they would choose it as a profession. Uh, so this way, uh, the normal way in our region would be starting a career in a different field that may be a project management in NGO or social work or consulting, uh, and then narrowing the career path to evaluation. But the other thing is also a motivation of uh, already existing professionals to share their knowledge. That's another thing our region might be lacking. Although we know uh, that uh, professional associations are willing to accept new people and get them engaged, uh, but maybe a little bit more concrete opportunities are needed. Uh, so from our side, Evalues ECA, uh, we actually uh, targeted this in during the summer school, uh, which was a part of step into evaluation career uh, program. That's uh, basically how um, I got into the field, let's say, and got interested and got uh, most of my knowledge and networking. So the target of the school was um, promotion of the profession, but also helping people uh, getting into the network where they can see more opportunities. Another thing was actually joining people to task force. That's how me and Tamara started. <laughs> um, uh, so basically, um, from institutional side, we um, can say we're very much developed, but also there are lots of um, informal opportunities to learn. For example, eval partners organizations or donor organizations offer a lot of even free um, webinars and trainings for already interested professionals. That's a thing. <laughs> That's something to be promoted between young people, definitely. Um, uh, maybe it, maybe another logic for getting engaging into something is uh, getting at least some experience, uh, which is uh, a problem for especially young professionals. Uh, so in, in this way, uh, any type of mentoring might be helpful, of course. And this is what you get when you already enter the profession and you're on the project and you have your supervisor who might be able to help. Uh, but uh, from our side, uh, we try to adapt the global mentoring program, Eval use uh, organized to our regional context, which also targets this, let's say, problem. I think that summer school sounds really awesome. Is this like a, like how, how many weeks is it? What, what does it look like in the, the summer school that you're putting together? Uh, so this summer school I was mentioning uh, lasted for um, five days, I guess, uh, in August 2018. So far, unfortunately, that was only a one-time event, but mm -hmm. it was part of a bigger program, the Step into Evaluation program, which consisted of uh, three chapters. So we had the school, uh, then it was followed by two rounds of mentorship programs, a program, and uh, we also conducted um, educational webinars for people who don't know the field or want to engage or, or want to learn the skills. That is awesome. 
Yeah, as uh, I also, as Dana uh, was a participant of summer school, uh, I could tell that it was a great experience because we had the very uh, professional trainer and uh, she um, got uh, the theoretical knowledge to us. And also we had the uh, open discussions where uh, we can uh, uh, ask questions regarding our own projects we are involved or some practical uh, questions on evaluation. And uh, it was uh, four days uh, for around 30 participants from all the countries of our region. So uh, it was a great networking experience um, because we uh, were of uh, we were all young and emerging evaluators, but uh, with uh, different uh, fields and uh, uh, from um, like different uh, backgrounds and um, the level of knowledge on evaluation and um, monitoring. And uh, uh, the great part was uh, its uh, practical. Uh, tasks because uh, at the end we were asked to um, prepare the report kind of evaluation report of uh, summer school itself uh, working in teams of uh, five to six people and um, like present it at the end after coming back home oh that is such a good idea like everybody's had this common experience and you i'm guessing have some sort of data that you can work with and then can create an evaluation report and then share and discuss and wow yeah this is i've been trying to like i mean i so i teach evaluation as well so like this is giving me a lot of ideas about how i could um you know i could have a class and I click data pre and post and like, okay, now you go put together like a two page report evaluating that class. You've got the data, go, you know, oh, wow, that's such a cool idea. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we also got very much motivated after the school. That's one of the reasons we actually joined and wanted to continue like in other task forces, doing even more and learning ourselves first of all. It's really awesome to hear how some regions, uh, it sounds like this one in particular, is, is spending so much time in, in education and training and bringing people into the field of uh, like trying to build in that regional capacity to do evaluation. So I'm like, I'm curious if, you know, if you want to talk more about those uh, educational opportunities that are available and kind of the institutional capacities to do evaluation in your region. So if I start with educational capacities, um, as I already said, it's very limited. Usually you will, um, universities either do not offer anything related to monitoring at all, or you will start from some basic project management or social audit course, which will uh, include some information on evaluation. So if in terms of preparing professional evaluations, um, education would probably uh, be gathered uh, at the workplaces already. So if you get the training, you get it to evaluate your own project, uh, which would probably be initiated by the donor, because they're for the ones who are interested in the quality evaluations. Maybe you, Tamara may add something more on networking opportunities in that way. 
Yes, also uh, for young and emerging evaluators in the region, sometimes it could be challenging to start the career without any experience and even with uh, good uh, uh, like skills uh, and uh, good um, understanding what evaluation is. And uh, what is interesting that sometimes uh, to receive uh, the even the position of uh, junior evaluation is uh, I get can uh, use this word like the uh, to start uh, evaluating uh, you need some references from uh, another colleagues and uh, sometimes uh, it works uh, if you're a member of evaluation uh, associations uh, we do have uh, national evaluation associations in uh, most of the countries of the region and we have the regional alliance uh, of uh, associations on evaluation uh, that is also um, uh, like we, we in uh, Evolus Echo we cooperate with Alliance in uh, making events and uh, in participating in uh, some initiatives uh, from global evaluation network uh, like uh, Twitterton that is going to be held uh, soon uh, in April and uh, we had a consultancy from Eval Partners um, sometime in uh, winter. Yeah, and uh, also uh, joining uh, such associations and uh, initiatives is a great networking and uh, great uh, you increase your capacity in uh, evaluation. And um, yeah, uh, also what I wanted to tell uh, Dana mentioned. Uh, a mentoring program on evaluation that uh, our region organized uh, by Evolus ECA. And uh, yeah, it's also a great uh, opportunity uh, for young and emerging evaluators. And uh, uh, we had two phases of uh, mentoring program. The first one was a pilot of um, a step into evaluation career program. Uh, after summer school and was uh, um, open only for participants of summer school. And uh, it was quite a success because nine pairs worked during uh, five months and um, they had this uh, synergy and uh, we uh, received uh, good feedback after it. And uh, based on the feedback, we adapted a little bit the program and uh, uh, started the second phase uh, that was more broad. It was uh, around uh, 22, 24 pairs that uh, applied and uh, they worked um, also during uh, four or five months. Uh, they, um, the um, program was uh, adapted from the global mentoring program. It was uh, four modules uh, that um, we um, gave uh, for participants to orient on, but uh, they could uh, also discuss their own topics of interest and uh, could uh, negotiate with um, between uh, mentor and mentee in their pairs uh, what uh, they are going to explore more. And uh, we received again uh, many uh, positive feedbacks and uh, also few uh, pairs they um, uh, got cooperated uh, and uh, uh, one uh, mentee helped to make uh, evaluation to his mentor. So uh, it's a great success. 
That's awesome. I had some of the Eval Youth Global Mentoring Program people on a recent podcast episode, I think episode 19. So if any of our listeners are interested, go back to that episode and check that out to learn more about that that uh, that program. And sounds like you've adapted it to your region to make it more region specific for you. So that's really awesome. I'm curious, what are the things are unique about evaluation in the ECA region? Well, basically, um, if we go back to um, institutionalization, uh, it's not very much institutionalized. So that's an opportunity we might want to use to develop evaluation professionally more. but uh, from what we know, uh, the voluntary organizations, which are present in some countries in our regions, are doing a lot to promote evaluations. That's uh, also the case in the universities. And although we don't have, uh, we mostly don't have the specific educational programs, but lots of professionals actually work as in the universities, but in a different fields. And that's uh, one, way, uh, one way they see to promote evaluation. Also, what I might have already touched is that uh, for now, our region would be uh, professionals in our region would be more targeted to monitoring, not evaluation itself. For a couple of reasons, maybe that's actually uh, a lack of a specific education and evaluation training or professional training. The other thing which makes a lot of sense is uh, a language, uh, because to develop further and take part in the big international evaluation projects or have opportunities to learn by yourself, let's say, uh, for some regions, uh, uh, the language is still the barrier. For now, um, for example, uh, Evolve for Action uh, are trying to target this as well. Uh, so we're going to host Twitterton in a local language as well, but maybe actually formalizing the education so that there's 100% people would get access to education, evaluation education in their own language is a very important uh, part of the development of the profession in our region. Maybe something Tamara already mentioned as well. Um, we can see that for now networking is very much important, of course, as for any other profession, but sometimes big evaluation projects are announced for a limited community of people, and the more connections you share, the higher the chance you would enter and get experience and so on and so on. Yeah, I would also add that the evaluation community is quite narrow in our region and uh, it's a very common practice that uh, you know each other and um, or you know someone who know uh, someone in evaluation and um, it's all always important to uh, get a good reputation, I think, for the future career. Yeah, and uh, to cooperate with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's also um, connected with this network networking that we mentioned before. And uh, yeah, I would say that um, I see that now um, the region is uh, very active uh, in uh, some international opportunities uh, for evaluation professionals, uh, like um, like 
we are going to uh, some conferences and uh, uh, now we participate in some uh, like synergy that uh, other regions are organizing. Um, our leader Antonina uh, was a representative uh, in the global Evolus network. Yeah, it sounds like uh, f- focusing on a lot of activities in your region to help build up the the network, the the professionalization, the institutionalization of your of your field through training, through networking, through webinars, through the Eval for Action campaign stuff. Uh, sounds like there's a lot going on in your region in terms of building up the the infrastructure of evaluation. Uh, that's definitely true and also one thing which is which might be specific to our region that sometimes this initiative comes from different stakeholders for example for some countries like Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan um, specifically in Kyrgyzstan uh, the government would be the one issuing even evaluation agendas or policies and it's the other way in Eastern Europe where um, donor organizations are the one who uh, are issuing the projects and of course issuing a little bit more capacities in terms of professional education. Yeah, I can imagine it's just like the language that you're talking about as as one of the challenges in working in your region. I can imagine the the various different countries is also a different challenge because each country is going to have its own laws and policies and procedures for doing things that makes it difficult to to try to come together as a large region promoting evaluation when it looks so different from country to could look so different from country to country yes that makes a lot of sense uh, and that's why we are targeting uh, young uh, local professionals so much uh, because they're the ones who for example young people who would be the beneficiaries of the programs uh, and also who would know the local context so it makes sense to invest in their training uh, much more so there's definitely an opportunities in that way (laughs) Are there any other things that we haven't covered yet that's important about what evaluation looks like in your region? I guess we covered much of what we wanted to say. What would you say, Tamara? Yeah, I also uh, think that from perspective of us, like uh, young and emerging evaluators of region, that's mostly it. Of course, it's uh, great uh, if uh, in future uh, we will be able to um, involve in the discussion uh, professional evaluators uh, with uh, broader and uh, more experience. Um, like we have uh, uh, not many, but uh, we still have few. Well, you'll just have to come on in another five, ten years to the podcast, assuming it still exists. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Awesome. Well, to close off, I the way I close the podcast uh, most of the time is to think about what is coming up for you that you want to share. What is exciting you about the evaluation field that that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, I can think of one thing we might actually uh, share with Tamara. Uh, things I specialize on gender studies a lot. That's something which has been actually targeted a little bit more, uh, let's say, in Ukraine uh, by the international organizations and evaluations in that sphere. Um, So that's something which 
excites me in the way that it connects with my personal values, my research interests, uh, and which is also a huge topic to evaluate, monitor, and re-evaluate re uh, for a very long time, definitely. Yeah, I also, from my side, uh, I really appreciate evaluation because it can make some uh, influence and uh, it can... Uh, um, show the reflections uh, from uh, different uh, stakeholders and different beneficiaries uh, from the variety of actors. Um, and uh, only with evaluation we can understand was it uh, uh, valuable, was it efficient, uh, should we repeat or should we sh change something, uh, can we use this experience and uh, work uh, with it uh, in some other part, in some other region. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, so exciting about evaluation. I agree. That's, you know, all of the, the unique aspects of doing evaluation in that no evaluation is going to look the same because of the unique actors coming in to, to work with us. Uh, there's always what speaks to my heart about evaluation. So I appreciate both of you sharing your experiences today. How can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about uh, Eval Youth ECA or about the two of you? How can they best contact you? There is a page in Facebook, Eval Youth ECA, E-C-A, uh, for our region. And uh, also we have Twitter and YouTube uh, where we put all the webinars uh, and uh, all the videos that... Um, uh, we share and uh, uh, personally uh, me I can be used also in Facebook or in Twitter uh, it's uh, my surname that is quite unique Kabush Rebalka and uh, yeah I will be very happy to keep in touch with uh, listeners also uh, we in Evolus Echo will have uh, soon the recruitment of new volunteers who would like to uh, engage in the initiative. So everyone who is interested, please <laughs> be involved. I'm just going to echo real quick. Uh, definitely get involved with your local and regional affiliates of your professional associations like Eval Youth ECA or wherever you're regionally located. Um, Khalil Batar was on a podcast recently, um, blinking on monitoring and evaluation something. Um, with uh, Godfrey, a uh, really good podcast, by the way, I've really mm -hmm. been enjoying it. But he mentioned on there that like, it is through volunteering is through that work of volunteering on these associations that we we become such better evaluators. It's like this, this work that we do is so incredibly important, but also personally beneficial for us. So if you're not currently a volunteer of your local affiliate or your regional, you know, chapter of eval youth, definitely get involved. I highly recommend it. Donna, do you want to share how uh, any listeners can get in contact with you? Any listener can definitely get in contact with me uh, via Facebook. That would be my full name, Dana Reva. Uh, and also, we are planning to launch uh, our website soon, so uh, which would include all the members' contact information. So as soon as that happens, just Google Eval Music. <laughs> Uh, and you will definitely reach us in any uh, social media. 
Awesome. And I will put all that information in our show notes as well. So if you're interested, check out those show notes for the links. Um, This episode will maybe come out by the time that page is out because this won't come out for another month or so. So um, maybe it'll be in the show notes. So just take a peek at those to find the, the new Eval Youth Echo webpage. Well, Donna, Tamara, thank you so much. This has been wonderful getting to know you and your region better and, and especially the initiatives happening at Eval Youth Echo. It's, it's uh, really inspirational, the, the amount of training, networking uh, opportunities that you're providing uh, throughout your region. Thank you, Dana, for invitation. And uh, it's really a pleasure to take part. And uh, it's, uh, exci- I'm excited to listen to your podcast. Yes, thank you, Dana. And uh, honestly, your podcast is very motivational as well. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please visit the podcast website at evaluland.fireside.fm, where you can subscribe to get notified of new episodes and contact us with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Evaluland.